Ross Vale are on the move again, back to where it all began. The club have announced they'll no longer play home games at Ben Burb's new Tinto Park. Instead, they'll return to Peters Hill Park, where they made their debut at this level 10 years ago. Chairman Don McAnally joins us this week to tell us just what their latest flit means for a club that now boasts over 60 teams. Rossvale will of course compete in the West of Scotland League Premier Division this term, but it's at the other end where all the activity has been just lately. New clubs have been allowed to join with an associate status to start with. We'll talk about the merits of doing that a year into the new structure's rollout. Plus, as the transfer activity hots up, we've got Roach's Roundup with Coburny Laidside assistant boss Des Roach. It's all here as we go down the divisions. Good to have you along as we take a look at Scotland's lower leagues. Well, Paul, you've been back training with uh, New Mains this week. How, how was all that? It was brilliant. And we're, and we're back at Victoria Park training as well, which is great. Uh, you know, we, uh, it's our home, isn't it? We've not been there for a long time. Some new faces been added to the squad. Numbers were brilliant, really high. The intensity guys are raring to get back. Some of the guys have really looked after themse- themselves as well throughout the lockdown. And everybody's just buzzing to get back and get the first game. And you can see the enthusiasm just being back at the home park this week has, has been brilliant. Just have to hope that uh, the enthusiasm continues in now, yeah? Absolutely. Uh, and I think it will because I think some of the newer players have realised that you know, the, the, the standard's good. And some of the players that have been there before now realise there's a wee bit more competition for places. So even last night you could see... The first 10, 15 minutes, even 20 minutes into training, it was frantic, it was hectic, people jostling for places and stuff like that. So, aye, it's fantastic. And as I say, just being back at Victoria Park's brilliant. Good stuff. Uh, a quick word for our sponsors, media agency 44 Creative. Not only do they have photographers, graphic designers, videographers and video editors to help promote your content, brand, organisation or event, they now offer website services too. They make creation personal and they'd love to hear from you. Find out more at www.44creativehq.com and we'll include that link in the show's description on your podcast player too. Back to the show and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Our email address is divisions at gmail.com. That's divisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Hi, Stephen Aitken, East Coast Bayern Manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Rossdale Chairman Don McAnally is with us this week. Thanks for being with us, Don. Not a problem. My pleasure. We'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got the Down the Divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club from League One down then reveal the answer at the end of the show. Over to you this week, Paul. Right, so they were founded in 1903. Most notable famous players were Bobby Russell, Tommy Doherty and Keegan Parker. They have plans this year to change their name and they are currently a West of Scotland football league team. Oh, looks as if he's got it. He's, he's oh, looking pretty confident there. 
We will reveal the answer at the end of the show. My name's Jamie Sandilands, manager of Whitburn Juniors. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Rossville chairman Dom McAnally is our guest this week. Uh, Paul was talking about pre-season starting. Dom, have you, have you, uh, you boys been back? Yeah, the guys have been back for the last maybe three, four weeks. Um, unfortunately, I... Uh, more changes this season again, the same as the season before. There seems to be a, a mass turnaround uh, every season at Rossfield. So we've got, I think we've got ten new players in, uh, which, which again, it's it's it has to be done. You know, club our size and the financial income is uh, plays a big part in that. And uh, David knows uh, the setup that we've got. So no, we'll get on with it as best we can, same as everybody else. Great. Well, we'll come on to the club a bit more later on. Uh, but the big news in the west of Scotland recently, I guess, has been the admittance of some new teams into what's being called Division 4. I think, Paul, you'll explain a bit more in a bit about um, just how that kind of is working. But uh, the west of Scotland League haven't made any official announcements yet on on just exactly who is joining on their Twitter feed. They've said that they didn't want, it, they didn't want to steal the club's thunder and would let clubs introduce the fact they were joining for themselves but from looking across uh, Twitter and and uh, social media the teams so far seem to be Glenvale, Finart, Campbellton Pupils, St Peter's, Harmony Row and Hart Hill. Um, I just wondered first of all Dom I mean what do, do you think do you think it's good that the, that the extra clubs are coming in or is it is it too much too soon I mean is it the product or, or is this the future whereby there needs, a, there needs to be a if it's going to be a proper pyramid, these things need to happen. I think it, it does need to happen. I think we we're a bit of a your opinion should be slightly different, probably when your teams are a hundred years old. We're ten years old, and we were given a big opportunity only a short space of time ago. So, and um, that was to join the junior setup. Um, so I we were grateful of that and getting the opportunity. So I think there should be that opportunity for every team, no matter what level. of football they're playing it and as long as they can provide the necessary um, information and the setup of their club and their ground facilities and all the rest of it which we've got cheek to talk about um uh, the gypsies are a west of scotland we get called um <laughs> so um no it's a great idea i would have liked just my own personal opinion for our own setup to be maybe three or four years down the line before something changed um, it just seems to be two years of just constant change. Uh, and obviously the, the pandemic has, has added to that also. So, no, I think maybe a couple of seasons. But if it's going to happen, then we'll, we'll help to get behind it. I've had a few phone calls with some of the teams you mentioned, actually, just to get a wee bit of background on the setup, And we'll help as much as we can with any club, you know what I mean, coming into it. Because we've had, we've had nothing but help of the local community in the north of city. Um, your Pershers and Ashfield and Peter Sill. Um so no, you, you've got to be there to try and help other clubs. Tell us a bit more about it, Paul, because there's talk of the, the, these clubs being associated clubs and just just how how it's going to work. So, to be honest, I'm giving you this information based on, on what we've been told. I was at a, a, a meeting a couple of weeks ago on Skype, and I actually raised a point at the at the meeting about the new teams coming in. And first and foremost, what I want to say is. I am all for new teams coming in. I come from amateur football. I get the chance to manage a new mains at a higher level. 
you know, this is not about new teams not coming in. But the point I did raise before I go on to how the structure looks is it was mentioned to me at the time that uh, I think at the time they were talking about Blantyre Soccer Academy were coming in. And I believe a team from Kilsyth. And I raised the point saying, does Blantyre need another senior football team? Does Kilsyth need another senior football team when it's okay from the teams at the top of the league to to be uh, battling out for players and then it comes down to money and it comes down to contracts for players. But when you're at the bottom of the food chain, do and, and, and I'm saying Blantyre and Kilsyth because these were the two teams that we mentioned. Does Blantyre need to be fishing in the same pond as a, a, a in the same town where there's probably not a big population. So I raised the point about diluting the product and would it do that. But I want to reiterate, I'm all for, you know, legacy clubs. I think like St. Peter's and things like that. They've got a great infrastructure, top amateur team. There has to be a pathway through. So how the league has put it to us is there's going to be this new division and the teams that are coming in are not members of the West of Scotland Football League. They're associate members of the Football League. And these teams are... Now, Don might be able to correct me. It was either a year or two years to get their ground criteria sorted. So if you were coming in, I think one of the teams have opted to ground share, possibly with Renfrew, but they've said that they will have a ground and the standards will be put in place uh, for that ground uh, within a year or two years. But I mean, if the clubs have got the facilities and they can go and do it, fantastic. And, and everyone's a winner. And we do have a genuine pyramid system. My, my fear would be that we know how hard it is at our club to, to, to get funding and stuff like that, to, to do grounds up. And uh, one of the one of the guys on the meeting, uh, when I'd mentioned Kilsyth, said that the other team from Kilsyth hadn't been in touch and the committee had claimed that, you know, that they had been speaking to one another and it turned out they hadn't. I just feel it was maybe just a little bit rushed. At the end of the season, it was also said to us, the winning team would then get promoted up into the league. Now I'm hearing that it's not the winning team. If all the team's ground criteria meets, then they'll move up. But maybe somebody from the league, Colin Boyd or somebody from the league, would like to come on and maybe explain that at a later date. Because I'm not, I'm not entirely... It's just a bit, bit grey at the moment. The other concern I would have, have is all these teams are leaving the current setup that they're in and they've got this time frame of a year. So if they don't meet that, that means those teams are out and there is no Division 4. I just think that's really unfair on the teams that are that are being asked to do this. There still has to be, I would still say there would need to be a, a pathway. And my final point on it, somebody said that at the end of all this, the, the, the teams, as in the West of Scotland teams, then get to vote whether the team comes in, the teams come into the league. Now, and I've been I've been pulled up for saying about Campbelltown. Now, one of the one of the teams has said, you know, if you if you're Kello Rovers and you you have to play Campbelltown in the cup, it's 183 miles to get there. And our team's going to then vote for Campbelltown to come in. I don't know, but I will reiterate, I am not against this. I want a genuine pyramid system. I want the top amateur teams to be able to get into this league and make this product stronger. I just think year one, when we've not even got our own league off the ground, we're trying to force something through a little bit quick. Don? Yeah, I, I, just your final bit there, Paul. I, I can't disagree with you there. I just think 
leave it a few years, let ourselves get bedded in and get used to the setup. Because as I say, there's, there's clubs and committee members who've been involved with junior football and every conversation you think with them or you have with them is basically why are they changing this? And a lot of them are against the, the new setup. But I think if you're a progressive club and you want to do well, I mean, you, you just look at your Clybanks and Davo and the finances that they're, they're spending to get their ground correct and get their, their SFA membership. I think that's excellent. Um, I'm being a bit about it because then hopefully in time, your bigger clubs will move forward into the Lowland League and, and beyond that, hopefully, because that's why the pyramid system there. And it gives ourselves and yourself, Paul Newmans, an opportunity to climb up that league a wee bit further. Um, so I, I think maybe a wee bit too soon, but certainly I, I don't think anybody should be against it. Progression, that's what it's there for, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, Paul talked about can some of these areas sustain two teams? I mean, maybe you're well-placed to kind of comment on that because, I mean, as you say, you've been going for 10 years now. How, how difficult is it to recruit, particularly when there are so many other clubs sort of on your doorstep for the, for the, for the area that you're representing? Yeah, obviously, for the north of the city, you've got maybe four or five teams there. And obviously, that, that would include Rob Roy and that also and Cumberland, who's not too far away, and, and Coulsaith. Um, aye, I think you're, you're battling against all these teams to get the better quality of player at that level. Uh, and again, I hate to say it, but finances do play a big part in it. Um, so where are, they, where are they going to go for that extra £2.50, you know? Are they going to <laughs> jump to Ecclesyth or Cumbernauld or come to Rossville? Um, and we are fortunate that we have a big academy uh, and there's great, there's great young players there at 17, 18, 19 year, years of age looking to come through. There is a pathway there for them, you know? There's two other things that, that, that I didn't mention as well. I, I talked about Blantyre and I talked about Kilsyth there. Uh, one of the one of the member clubs uh, from from Glasgow says, you know, are you sorry you're talking about the smaller the smaller towns round about Lancashire? He says, does Glasgow need another? Does Glasgow need another team? You just need to look at the, the amount of teams down the, the edge of the River Clyde and stuff like that. That uh, do they need more competition? Which I thought, you know, was a fair point as well. But then this again. I don't want to come across if I'm against it because I really am not against it. And you can't have a genuine pyramid system, you know, without without letting teams in. But I'm in another group chat as well. I, I don't know if you're in it, Tom, and it's like a few of the chairmen and managers in it. And I'll not mention the team, but one of the bigger clubs says, why are people against this? Because it has to be, you know, it has to be progressive. Uh, and we should be welcoming. Dead easy, when you're the big team, they can actually go and take players out of the Dumbarton first team and sign them and pay them and pay them money. You know, when, when you're down the other end, it gets a little bit a little bit more difficult. So yeah. it just needs thought out. And I, then I also think there was a it, it was a whole thing around about the voting. We're member clubs, a member league, and nobody really got a vote on this. And you hear some stories coming out about how, how it's been set up and how it's been run. But again, I'm going to reiterate, I certainly am not against it. And to have a genuine pyramid system, we need teams coming through. We're also talking about, you know, how difficult it is to recruit 
when there's other clubs on your doorstep. I guess you mentioned finance as well, Dom. Sponsorship, which enables that finance in the first place. I guess you're also all fighting over the same sponsors, more or less, as well. Well, certainly, and we're ourselves having to move um, from the north of the city for, for two a bit seasons there to play over at the Benz. Again, it's it's it's, it's, it's ludicrous what we had to do, but we had no choice no matter. We had to move, um, and we thanked the Benz greatly for for taking us on board, you know, and being a, a sort of landlord for two, two, three seasons. It was, it's been excellent. It's great, great setup, great family-run business, uh, and they were they were excellent with us. Um, trying to find sponsorship in the Govan area when you <laughs> you're for the north of the city. <laughs> it's, no, it's not happening, not happening at all. <laughs> Who are these interlopers looking for our cash? You know, so that, that certainly, it certainly wasn't happening. So that that was a big, a big negative for us. Not I mean, but what do we do? It's just we we got to bide our time, and we've been fortunate enough. Um, but I'm sure you'll you'll discuss that in, in the very near future. Wow. You know? Le- leads us on quite nicely, actually, uh, Dom. Uh, I mean, I think. Uh, I think it's the worst kept secret in uh, in Scottish football that you're moving back yeah. to Hill Park, where where it all started. Quite nice that it's kind of uh, fallen in your tenth tenth anniversary year as well. I guess you're pleased to be back there. Yeah, I think it's um, as I said, we were six seasons there, and a lot of a lot of good good games, a lot of success. Um, hi, it's just there's a lot going on in the background. Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, what was it, the the reason why you moved from there in the first place? Was it just was it enough capacity there, or in terms of too many teams playing out there, or was it just time for change? No, is this this the Eastern Barnsley complex? You mean? I, I Peter so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we Eastern Barnsley opened a new complex, uh, basically at Hunters Hill, um, all singing and dancing, but they made it quite plain and clear that it was for it was like a community hub. Um, so it wasn't just for Rossville, but the club itself over over the years previous to that, I mean, you're talking over £100,000 each year would pay into the councils. And really, if it wasn't for Rossville, the complex originally still wouldn't be running. So they decided to build this new one, excellent pitch, excellent complex. But when it came to the sort of cutting, cutting side of things and we got promoted to the Premier League, Basically, the league said there's no way you could play there. It just wouldn't hold the capacity, and and there was a lot of infrastructure issues, uh, ins and outs of the pitch. You know I mean, I don't know if you, any of you guys have been up before. Um, I've been but up. Have you been up? Aye. So you can see it. I mean, it's it's like a sports complex, but there was avenues and room there to do some work. But just I think finances with councils, they just they weren't the one at the bend. So we had no, we had no option to move, uh, and thankfully we got. We got another home, um, unfortunately, at the south side of the city. But um, that was, it was excellent for us. So now it's time to, to we got the opportunity to take it back, and we'll grab it with both hands and go back to where we should be. You know, in the north of the city. Yeah. Does it feel like you're going home, and and does it also make what we've just talked about there the kind of challenge of getting sponsors, of getting a following, of getting a a culture around the club, I suppose. Does it make it that little bit more easier now? I know it's, it's life's never easy in, in that level of football, but does it make it a little bit more kind of straightforward? I think we're, we're hoping that is the plan. We've got certain things in, in place when we do move back. Um, and I think some of the, the local 
community and their own academy will find it a lot more easier as they did previously to get to games and be mascots and get the parents involved a lot more. So it certainly worked for the six years over there. Again, we were just growing then and finding our feet as a, as, as a committee and about junior football in general and senior football. So I think we're, we're well placed to take it on board now. It's It's got a lot, lot of potential there. Would that be correct in saying as well, possibly that uh, Kirk and Tullock are, are, are moving to the north of the city as well? Are they, are they talking and sharing at Peters Hill as well? Is there talk of that? Well, I think, I think we, had, we, we sort of were starting to get a bit nervous about certain conversations that were happening on social media. That is, about three or four different clubs were going to be playing in the one Saturday. <laughs> I would have really liked to be the staff at work there. <laughs> there at midnight on a Saturday night trying to finish up, um, which I think the local community won't like the floodlights being on that late. Um, so, all kidding aside, no, I think Rob Roy and a few other teams did apply or shown an interest to to go and play at Peter's Hill. Um, whether it be the size of Rossville itself as, a, as an academy and as a club and what we can bring to the area, to Peter's Hill and the, and the company who's going to be running it, that maybe swayed their decision to go ourselves. So we are delighted to, to get the, the, the opportunity to get back again. I mean, the other clubs, I'm quite sure Rob Roy will continue to play at Cumbernauld. Um, it's no ideal grass pitch, it's a heavy pitch, So, but I'm quite sure George will make sure the pitch is fine. Because one of the other teams that I noticed was in the the, the I've applied to get into this new fourth division was Broomhill Sports Club, which yeah. I don't know where they're part of the BSC team is there. I don't know where they're putting a, a second team in. So I also know they'll be at the north of the city as well, wouldn't they? I'm sure they they from up that way. Yeah, I think they're the, for the West End. Also, I heard that also that there's a sort of breakaway team that they're for so their youth team. Um, and that'll be their sort of, if you want to call it, their, their other senior team. Um, I don't know if there's a split in the camp, I wouldn't like to say. Um, I'm quite sure Mr Fraser won't be too happy if I say anything like that. So, I, we'll just, like everything else, you just got to conjecture around. I've just got to wait and see what comes out. Can you tell us how, how do you go through the process of moving your ground, you know, in the sense of, you know, number one, you obviously have to identify where you want to go. You want you you need to have the, the I guess the discussions with the relevant ground owners. But is is it a case that you know you have to go to the West of Scotland League and 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 say right, this is our new base. Do they do they come and check the ground? Is is it kind of quite a detailed thing like that, or or do you just have to say right, we're playing there. That'll be us next season. I guess fixtures and that kind of come into it as well, don't they? And organise. Yeah. You have the, obviously the secretary and, and the chairman you have to speak to and give them a sort of the heads up that this might be happening. Um, and once you get sort of confirmation from Photography PSL and, and the company is going to be running it and they say, right, OK, this is going to be put in place for you for next season, you can now go and speak to your league officials. And if they choose to go and I think it's maybe different, like we were talking about this new force division, if there's clubs who, like I said, Keeney had a wee visit to Campbelltown, I think, recently um, to check the ground out. And it's a lovely part of the country, great wee uh, complex. Played there in my amateur days, Paul. 
many moons ago. Um, so, aye, nice visit. Um, but like you were saying, with Kello, I would like to be there. I would play up there <laughs> in a cup game um, or ourselves if they, if they get that far. You know what I mean? But uh, no, I think it's, it's, it's an easy enough process as long as there's no issues with the ground uh, and it being a 3G, 4G pitch. There's no issues we we sharing yeah. as the surface is going to chop up, whatever. Not I mean like you find, and unfortunately, there's been previous uh, grounds that's caused a lot of issue with the pitches in the winter time being off all the time. So that's not an issue with it. It's a beauty, I suppose, playing in the the AstroTurf. You know? Well, we'll look forward to seeing you returning to to Petersill Park then this season. Uh, just while we're kind of on the, if you want to call it the politics of the game or the kind of the the administrative side of it um i noticed on your your twitter uh this week there was a a comment regards the the coat the coat teams coming into the to the to the lowland league um and i think the phrase was it's absolutely ludicrous uh on on, on the on the twitter feed uh we, we talked about it with mick kennedy last week but but just briefly i mean did do you do you also agree with mick that you you know you, you don't quite see the the long-term benefits of this happening no, I don't. I just think they're just there's a, a bit of bullying going on there, I think. Is that is that that the correct word to use? Um flexing their muscles and putting money in that's gonna make some difference to lower league teams that make it'll probably be no difference to ourselves. I know that for a fact. And is it gonna stop progression for teams? It possibly might also. Um, unless they open the the lower league league up in the coming years, which I think I think that that's what they're going to have to do at some point, because um, I don't. I think your Auckland Lakes and Pollocks and whoever will be looking to move further up a field. So uh, it has to happen that way. But I don't see. I don't see a plus in it, to be honest. I think one of the the, the points Mick did make last week was he could see maybe in a couple of years' time it would do away with the playoff. But Storm says that it has to. It has. To, if we're talking about the very bottom of the pyramid and letting teams in. It has to go all the way to the top, doesn't it? And mm-hmm. hopefully that that would be a way of doing away with the doing away with the playoff from league low and league to league two, and then these coke teams can progress, can can you know can go through that way. Yeah. But you know, whilst we're sitting talking about pyramid systems and criteria and starting at the bottom, I think for twenty five thousand pounds each, I think that I think that's where the criticisms come in, hasn't it? Because what's to stop? A Darvel paying twenty five thousand pounds and putting a Darvel coach team in there. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll leave, we'll leave, we we'll leave uh, the listeners to <laughs> My name's Tommy Sloan, Auckland Talbot manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Now here's Roach's roundup with Colburny Laidside assistant boss Des Roach. Thanks, Gareth. We begin our news with the Highland League, where Inverness, Clark and Cudden have been busy behind the scenes in reshaping their squad for the coming season with a dozen players committing to signing new deals. However, long-term skipper and ex-Inverness Cali player Michael Finnis, he's decided to seek pastures new, which has come as quite a body blow to the Lily Whites. Over for Martin United, they have signed up defender Ryan Spink from Keith, with Luke Emmett heading in the opposite direction. Spink has left Kinnock Park after five years to join up with Paul Lawson's men. Into the SPFL playoffs, and Edinburgh City, they went down with a valiant attempt away to Dumbarton, 
winning one deal in the evening but losing 3-2 in aggregate, so it's Jim Duffy's men to retain their League 1 status. While on the Championship decider between Airdrie and Morton, it took a last gasp winner from Robbie Muirhead to give the capital men a slim advantage going into the turn leg this evening. Signing news? Newly appointed Stenny boss Stephen Swift, well he's been swift off the mark to rebuild his squad and give it his own feel. Coming on board are familiar faces from his old squad at BSC. Ross Lyon, Michael Anderson and Declan Hughes are a trio of arrivals, while he's also readied Aloha for a double in Robert Thompson and Adam Brown. Over at New Bayview, Darren Young has experienced Mark McGuigan coming on board, signing from Stenhouse Muir, as well as ex-Rangers goalkeeper Scott Gallagher and Conor McManus returning for his second stint at East Fife. All contracts are for two years, and this is on top of six players re-signing from last year. Up north of the country, and Elgin are also making progress. They have confirmed the signature of ex-Queens Park and Stenhouse Muir defender Craig Little. And this follows on from the re-signing of new deals by Darrell McCarty, Archie McPhee and tricky winner Conor Keefe. On to Partick Thistle. Well, a little bit of surprise news. They've released two of their title winning squad in Joe Cardo and Ryan Williamson. However, they have extended deals for midfield dynamo Stuart Bannigan, striker Brian Graham and club captain Ross Doherty. McCullough's also been quick to add his first new signing and ex-Queen of the South and Dundee defender Kevin Holt, who has recently been playing his trade in Cyprus. Over at the Falkirk Stadium, well, the exodus continues after their failed promotion bid. Central defender Mark Dunnan joins another eight players leaving the club, those including ex-SPL players Morgaro Gomez and Connor Salmon. Finally, and a little bit of surprise news, BSC have confirmed in an official club statement that they are cutting ties with their current first team, who presently play in the Lowland League and host their fixtures out of Alawa. Instead, a rebirth of the club will see them join the West of Scotland League in the development division and play their games out of Springburn Park in Glasgow, potentially. I'm sure more news will follow and it will provide a very interesting coming couple of weeks for the club. I'm sure that we'll keep you posted. And with that, I'm back to the guys. Hi, my name is David Bakey. I'm the chairman of Tayport Football Club and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Austell chairman Dom McAnally is our guest this week. Uh, well, we mentioned, Dom, that it's, it's the 10th, 10th uh, anniversary, 10th year anniversary of the club. Just how far has the club come in those 10 years? I mean, it's very easy to just say it's 10 years, but from, from starting out at that level to to winning the trophies that the, the, the club has. A lot of hard work and a lot of uh, a lot of output and a lot of success, you know, coming with that. Yeah, it's, um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, you know. It's, uh, I joined eight years ago. Um, and when I joined, they did some excellent coaches then, all, all ex-junior players had won Scottish Cups and leagues and all the rest of it. So they'd, they had a good knowledge of the game. It was hard to get them to attract players to the club at that point because it was a new team um, so they had a mixture of maybe experienced junior players but a certain age and amateur players so that was hard for them over the first two or three seasons and then we'd sort of changed management a couple of times and I think every time that we just seen a bit of progression with the different players coming in different coaches and I think that the wee different step we got Brian McGinty and he brought a different professionalism to the club speaking to ourselves we then picked up different things for himself 
and it just it just sort of grew for then. So I think, aye, it's, uh, it's uh, they like to call it as a Valium Saturday. I think when we come and watch Rosfield, <laughs> yeah, the last maybe five six seasons, it's been oh, that's that's the grey hair. <laughs> You've obviously said you've got 10 new players coming in. Has it been a case of all, you know, obviously starting at the bottom, working up, you know, you win the old, in the second division, players, teams come in then, take your players, offer more money movement, is it a continual rebuilding? And what's the secret to the success behind that? Because you've continued to win league after league or promotion after promotion. I, th- I don't know. I think you, our committee that we've got, I mean, the we're no, um, we're no young guys, you know what I mean? We've, we've been involved with football for, for decades at different levels, so it's been good to, a good experience for us all. But picking the right manager, looking at something that's a wee bit different for your norm, sort of junior-wise, I think there's I think there's just a merry-go-round of the same managers that seems to be when a job comes up. So we, we tend not to do that. We tend to go with something slightly different, maybe a younger coach, who's a wee bit more ambitious and who has maybe got a, maybe a, I hate to say this, maybe a better handle on the way the game should be played at the present moment and what's required. And listen, I'm quite sure there's a lot of luck involved in these certain things when you pick a manager. And we've been very, very fortunate the last maybe three or four that we've picked have just been spot on for us and they've picked the right players and, and very respectful of everybody that's come in at the club. And no, it's, it's been excellent for us. We talk about the managers you've selected. We had your current manager, David Gormley, on coming up to nearly a year ago now, I think. Uh, what's he brought to the table? And and uh, tell us about him and also about maybe the, the chairman-manager relationship you've got with him. Terrible. <laughs> oh, you, you've done that as well. <laughs> No, a lovely young fella, and um, obviously, very unfortunately, we played Pollock in the Scottish Cup a few years ago, and it came up on Facebook the other night there, and I was like, oh my goodness me, and David was playing that day, and uh, I think we were in the last minute of the, of the first half, and I don't know how he darted down the wing, but he, he managed to do this and crossed it, and I think the boy McCann scored, um, and then I think it was a reverse on the other side, and the other he's that other side of second half. So, I playing wise, no great memories, but um, no, he's got a, a vast amount of experience, and and the guys he, he's played with and worked with through the years, all the different clubs he's been with, um, and had a great success in his playing career also. So, no, we he's very relaxed. Saturdays in training slightly different. You see a different animal. Um, but no, he's, he gets on really well with the guys in the committee. Does, does, we do what we can as every other club does. Um, you ask for something, initially you say no. But, um, and then we sort of batter in things and get there and they end up. So. And I noticed one of, the, one of the players who's left the club is, is his, his assistant, Sean Higgins, is obviously is, is left for personal reasons, I think. How... Um... How much of a blow is that for, for for both of the roles he's he's had at the club, both playing and the and the the sort of dugout role he's had as well? Yeah, you, you've got a guy there who's basically been professional all these years, and it was a big blow. Um, as I say, personal reasons, um, he decided to step down, just couldn't come out to like, full campaign, if you want to call it. But the door's always open for for Sean. 
uh, take him back at any point. I mean, he knows that himself, and David would take him back in, in a heartbeat. I mean, but and on the pitch, just constantly talking and constantly talking, and that's it's great. Even when he, I must admit, when he when he left the night, he left and handed back his training kit and all that. The guys were training, and he can still over speaking to some of the young boys and passing over information. I could hear him, and I thought. It never ends, you know. It's just excellent, absolutely excellent. So I know, probably, but unfortunately, that's football. What happens? You got to move on and try and replace these guys. You know what I mean? Obviously, no. David and Billy they side really well. Yeah, I go back a long way with the two of them. And Gordon's is absolute serial winner. Great contacts in the game. Where do you think they can take this team? Um, looking at the training over the last few weeks, uh, when I see a coach with a spell on his face, which doesn't happen very often, um, Bill is just so enthusiastic about his football and the way he speaks to people. Um, and you have obviously known Paul, I mean, and just, oh, just incessant the way he coaches his, his games. And I think that will be a big, a big thing for Davy. I think that will rub off on him, uh, and hopefully the two of them together. I'm expecting a decent season again. If it's mid-table again, that's major success for us. Major success. Um, because you, you can't lose 10 players and start a new league campaign and expect everything just to bend in. It takes time. But there are a lot of good young players there that have, that have been recruited. So no, that's that's the main thing again, getting, getting youth in the legs and in that team. I know uh, earlier in the season, I think David brought Nicky Devlin. Well, I know he brought Nicky Devlin in Livingston's Nicky Devlin. I spoke to Nicky about uh, about the time he'd had at Rossville uh, for uh, an interview for the newspaper. And um, I mean, he, he, he sounded like he was loving the whole experience. Is he? Are there plans to bring him? Or for, I mean, or oh, I say bring him back to continue maybe uh, this season. Yeah, yeah, he's still there, to be honest with you, yeah. Gareth. Yeah, he's still there. And obviously, when his own games are on during the week, uh, obviously it's stopped now. But no, he, this, I, I just, uh, this is a professional football player. And the amount of time he gives up initially with, with the academy and now with the, and with the development team. And then David's obviously said to him, well, I think it'll be good, better for you and also to move into the first team. So he's actually saying he, he was hoping they were going to get to Europe this year so he could come come to the games on a Saturday. All oh, right, yeah, because they play on a Sunday. <laughs> I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, what an attitude. They're just spot on with the guy's saying and a lovely fella. Oh, spot on. So, no, I think yeah, Nicky will still be there helping out and uh, not great progression for him for his, for his coaching certificates, you know what I mean? So, if we can help in any way and maybe give him some hints and tips, you know. And I guess, I mean, We'll come on to some of the, or one of the players in particular that you took on loan last season. But I guess having a guy who's playing at Livingston, you know, opens the door to contacts that he might have that, you know, Livingston are looking to put a player out on loan. Yeah, yeah. I think he's, he's already spoke to David about that, the options there. Um, so I'm quite sure they'll, they'll discuss that. I tend to leave these things to the coaches to sort out. I mean, that's the best way to do it. I mean, just, they know best. Partly. <laughs> they, uh, they seem to know best at the start of the season when, when they brought in Jamie Smith on loan from Hamilton to to play in goal unfortunately he dislocated his kneecap against Urban Meadow in, in October but 
Um, he then is the guy who Brian Rice turns to at Hamilton for for their game against Kilmarnock. He saves a penalty against Kilmarnock. I mean, you saw him at the start of last season. Did he stand out as being somebody who? Well, did he stand out as being somebody who could do what he did the other week there? And and does it kind of uh, excite you when you see a player like that kind of come in and then see see what he does? It's a good reflection on the recruitment at Rossville, isn't it? Of course, yeah. Um, when he came in, you, you look at the young player and you think, right, first of all, you're always asking, age is he not? I mean, how is he going to stand up to playing in an early level of football and some of the, the centre-forwards that come up come up against? Um, a bit frightening, to say the least. Uh, but, no, great stature. You know, you could see it's something about him now. I mean, as a goalkeeper, uh, as I say, he got got yourself injured unfortunately that was that was a big blow for us never mind him um but to see that on at the weekend that was that's an amazing story that just all of a sudden i actually personally didn't know until his father went and put a post on facebook and i read it and i was like no surely no i mean because we hadn't obviously spoke to him for a few months because he was injured and then he's came back and lo and behold he's playing against uh, kilmarnock that's and then saves a penalty as you say and made a, an excellent game so I don't think we'll be getting them back alone somehow. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it just shows, I mean, people, maybe more so perhaps when it was, you know, the juniors, but it just shows now how this West of Scotland framework can actually propel somebody in the space of 12 months, doesn't it? You know, the experience yeah. they get, albeit it was kind of shortened because of his injury, it just shows what can be done, just getting experience with in the in the men's game. I also think as well, you 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 look at that and we talk about Coke's teams coming in. Does the pyramid system need the Coke's teams coming in when there's other teams there that these you know these teams can certainly loan players out to? Because I think that just proves a point there, doesn't it? Yeah, I think we've had over over the years we've had quite a few young players. We've had a few few Alawa through through the time, you know, and and we've got, got a couple of boys for Queens Park now. Um, had them last year, so. Two of them have came back to do a bit of training and a decisions to be made whether they stay at Queen's Park or maybe come on loan, um, which is great for us. That's what, that's what we have to do. We have to look to that and it's all good young players and they see an opportunity at the club to put them to a, hopefully a well-run professional club with good coaches who will get, get looked after. We've talked about predominantly the first team, but... Rossville is about so much more than the first team, isn't it? Just, just maybe for people who don't know that, perhaps, perhaps you could, um, you know, tell people about the teams, the structure, and everything beneath that. Well, I, they've been going since 1976, I believe, um, which is a long, long time. Uh, and at the present moment, I had a, had a, well, at the last weekend, I had a discussion which lasted three and a half hours. Um, we, we Ian Gray, who's the chairman of the, the academy football team, no, I mean, or football club, sorry. Uh, and I think they're up to maybe 60 clubs, 60 teams, which is frightening. And that, and that goes from, obviously, I think they've got an amateur team right down to, I mean, four or five-year-olds, and that's boys and girls. Um, they've got a, a new women's team who I believe have been um, going to get put into the championship. For, for this coming season, which is amazing, which obviously the, the background that's been done on them and the coaches and the way they're set up, the league has decided, right, that's the league you should be getting into. Um, and that's what they deserve for all the hard work they're getting into. So it's great. I mean, just to see um, if you turned up in a Hunter's Hill a few years ago, all you seen was the, 
and the red and the yellow everywhere, just running about all wee kids, you know. It's ma- amazing to see. So hopefully we'll we'll see all these kids up at Peter's Hill shortly. Well, I guess I mean, do you find that, or I mean, or do, is that where you hope that, as well as providing potentially players of the future, that it actually maybe, you know, the the young boy or girl wants to come along to watch watch Rossville, they bring mum or dad, and so things kind of snowball that way. Yeah, I mean that, that that's what happened previously, and it was hard to do it over the bends because it was a wee bit further away. But we, like say your, your bigger games, we played hockey like in the Scottish and in the league games. We we brought some of the academy teams along with their parents and all that. So, and there was there's four and five hundred people there watching our games at that point. Um, that's not every Saturday, I must admit. Um, I'd say that's amazing for them to experience that. And if you take it to Peter's Hill, there's a stand there. Great hospitality, the great set up basically to get these kids in and have a look at see what what, what they can be involved with in the coming years. You know? So that's the plan. But like everything else, it takes time, work, and effort. Now. Superb stories. You know, when when you hear things like that, Paul, isn't it about structures? And I mean, I know you know it's something you're quite passionate about as well. Yeah, uh, and I think a lot of teams try and do it. Uh, and, and and fail, and because I, I could write a white paper on this. Honestly, it's like there needs to be a lot more joint. I'm thinking. You've, you, I mean, Rosefield have been going now since 19. Did you say since 1976? Was it? Six, six, I mean, four, that's yeah, just yeah. established. So do you know what? Your, you know, your boy, your girl goes there as a pathway from start to finish. A lot of the time we hear people give up football in 15 and 16. Many times you heard it when they say, oh, it's because, you know, they find drink or they find women at such a young age. It's not, I think sometimes it's because there's no a destination. There's no a destination club for them to go that. And and Rossville, you know, just typify that, what you can do. I look at in our local area now, and I include myself in that, you know, you try to set up kids' teams and you get one or two and then it's all parents involved. Clubs should be coming together, I and mean, it's something that I, I, I might look at in, in the in the future. Of speaking to the local clubs and says, see, instead of you know teams fighting for a two thousand and six, they should be joined up thinking they should be and setting up a proper setup like you guys have done up there, and it's it's, it's fantastic. My own boy plays, and every year there's a trip to Rossville or Rossville are coming, and whatever league they've ever played in, they always get a Rossville on a festival or something. So. No, it's fantastic, and wearing the the colours like Partick Thistle as well. They're they're very notable. Yeah, they try and stay away for the they've always stayed away for the old firm and all that. So that's it's great. Always wearing the red and yellow. So I guess one one sad story this week I noticed on your Twitter was the sad tragic news about nine year old Jordan Banks passing away, and um, I think I think there's. Sort of some club activities around that, and I think is, is his cousin playing in one of your youth teams? Yeah, to- yeah, I think yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's shocking, absolutely shocking. And then obviously it brings it more at home when there's actually one of your one of your own teams, you know, so it's involved in his nephew. I think his cousin, sorry, as you say, you know what I mean. So that oh, was terrible news, tragic. Obviously, uh, our thoughts are with uh, Jordan's family. Um, just, just to finish off, we mentioned your your ten year anniversary. I, I've seen the the ten year anniversary strip that you've you've produced. Uh, is uh, is is there anything else planned? Have you got any other events planned to celebrate this? Obviously, restrictions allowing, or has that been a bit put on hold until you you know? Uh, I think most of it's been put on hold. I mean, you're, you're even to try and have some, if you want to call it 
events, fundraisers or whatever, no, I mean, that sort of thing. For every club, it's just been a total disaster, no, I mean, so... Um, no, I think if we if we manage to get things opened up again, then more plans can be put in place. Maybe a wee festival for different different teams to come and play against Rossville Academy teams would be a good idea. Um, so, but that that the discussions will be had with the academy coaches and the, the chairman or whatever, and we can maybe put something in place. It's more like that for for them. I mean, rather than ourselves, to be honest with you. Know what I mean, but that that's that's plans are. And hold, which is no great, but we'll get there eventually. No. And and are you enjoying your your role? Um, you, you're being so successful off the park that way. And I mean, some guys play football and go into management and stuff like that. The role you the role you're in is something that you you quite enjoy. Is fell it fell into? I think they call it. Sorry, fell into it. <laughs> oh, fell into it. Well, how, how did you fall into it? I, I great great speed. Um, I was involved when when amateur football for a long time, and uh, as I was saying earlier on with my trips to Campbelltown, a lot Gilpin and Tab and Rossi, um, so I've had all the aim, and they're great when you're playing. It's quite exciting. You got on the bus and all the rest of it, and then you move into coaching. You're like, right, I've got, I've got, I've got this three-hour journey to Campbelltown. Oh, no. good in the way back. One lose or draw, a few beers and all the rest of it. That's great, great part and parcel. Um, I got a bit disillusioned with the amateur side of things and, and thought, right, I'll, I'll take a wee sidestep. And a friend had asked me to come along and do a bit of coaching with the under-19s at Rossville. I didn't even get my foot in the door. And before I knew it, I was in the committee of the juniors. So I never even got to the under-19s. I think I've seen them play twice. And that was me sidetracked into, into the juniors committee. And then a few years down the line, uh, you, you take on more roles. As you know, Paul, this is what happens. Everybody just clubs in and just your day, everything and anything you can, you just keep things ticking over as best you can. So, aye, and then a few chairmans later, I was sort of pushed forward for the for the post. But um, I think what's happened in the last five, six years is uh, it's frightening, you know, to be involved in something like that. Shouldn't it happen? And, uh, did, I mean, we talked um, before we started recording the show about your your day job, if you like. I mean, do you think there's a lot of kind of skill sets in your day job working for for um, North Glasgow Housing Association that you can bring into this job, if you like, as well? Hi, I think, um, well, I've always been a sort of laid back sort of person, you know what I mean? And I like to sort of, if there's an issue or a problem you find within any club, whether, whether it's committee or coaches or whatever, I think talking through things and be a sort of Kofi Annan, if you want to call it, or a politician, which I've been called before. It's, it's always it's always good to have that wee bit. You can do that. So there's too much ruthlessness, if you want to call it, and people just uh, just get rid of this person, get rid of that person, and think about it later on. So you've got to think of the long term, I think, rather than the short term, you know. So no, no I think right. the job I do is rewarding. And my football during the week, which is not just a Saturday, as we all know, it takes up quite a lot of your time um, and physical. It's no, it affects you in different ways also, which is never never great. But um, no, you got to love it. you got to get involved in it. So that's all you know. I'm Adam Hopes, co-manager of Drumchapel United, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. 
before we finish up, we'll clear up the down the divisions decider. Paul, give us those clues again. So they were founded in 1903. Famous notable players were Bobby Russell, Tommy Doherty and Keegan Parker. They have plans this year to change their name and they, are cur- and they currently play in the West of Scotland Football League. I, I, I don't know the answer to this one. I should know it, but I don't know it. So we'll, we'll, leave, uh, we'll leave it to Dom to, uh, to tell us. Or, or do you want me to give you an answer? Ah. A, wild, a wild guess. Yeah. Will they change their name this year? Possibly changing their name this year. Oh, possibly. Yeah. I don't know if it's, um, would it be Ashfield at all? No. Gareth, who I guess? Glen Afton. Shettleston. Was that right? Hmm. You said Bobby Russell. I was thinking the north of the city. Uh, I think he played. He played by Postal Park. I think. At one I, think point. I think there's talks of them moving the behind the Greenfield and and, and Merchant. That's right. Aye. They've got to be called Glasgow United. Hmm. All right. Okay. So you won. A snippet. Eh? I'm led to believe. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's the right answer. I'm <laughs> yeah, oh, Dom, Dom yes. thanks for uh, thanks for joining us uh, this week. Really appreciate you giving up your time. Uh, great to hear all the good work that's being done up at Rossville, and we hope you uh, you settle back into your I say your new home, your old home, if you like, at, at Peters Hill, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you, you have a good season, and um, yeah, hopefully we can, we can get you back on again at some point during the season yeah. and to sort of see how things are going there. No, I appreciate your time, guys. And then, listen, don't be a stranger. Always welcome. Uh, Peter Hill or wherever we're playing <laughs> <laughs> in the next 10 years. So, no, listen, thanks say, very much. Says you're always welcome at Benburn, Gareth. <laughs> 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 thanks, oh, to our, thanks to, to our sponsors, 44 Creative. Go to www.44creativehq.com. If you're looking for a photographer, graphic designer, videographer or video editor. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us with your comments or suggestions for people to speak to. Or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Do leave a comment which helps others find us and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions. Mm